We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Like a little intro. The man himself, the white mamba. He's Brian Scalabrini. He's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around food. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Brian Scalabrini. Scal, I tell you, last night's game um, could have very easily laid down, given at the end of that road trip. But I thought they showed something at the end of the game, let alone them getting back into it. But still, at the end of the game, I thought they showed a lot, especially in overtime. No question. But, like, the roller coaster ride was yeah. a little bit odd, right? Just the fact that, like, they got up 20, that's what was that's what i expected yeah. after the two bad losses to golden state and then clippers you, you knew they were gonna come out on the edge and they did but that was a little bit wacky how they lost that lead and then how how good they were when they came back so uh real simple easy question scal oh because I, I really struggle with the tough yeah ones. yeah the, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna build up to a really we're gonna build up to a tough Thank one build Thank you for, yeah. thanks for giving me an easy one yeah. to warm me yeah. up okay <laughs> Why does Joe Mazzula hate timeouts? <laughs> Why does he hate them? I mean, there, there, Why does he like to use them? There's like there's some there's some uh, different there's some different opinions on that, right? So sometimes what he's trying to do is you know kind of let his team figure it out. All right, that's part of it because you remember last year there were times when there were just massive runs against the Celtics that they were they weren't able to write the ship on their own. So. And when you have, in, in my opinion, a, a top five player, if not one of the best players in the NBA, and you have a top 10 player in, in Jalen Brown or a top 15 player in Jalen Brown, like those guys at their level should be able to write the ship without the timeout. Now, there's another uh, school of thought that you don't even need to coach them. Sometimes you just need to call a timeout just to let them kind of coach themselves on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Mazzula in the post-game press conference was saying things along the lines of, I didn't really even say anything to them. They know what they have to do. So sometimes just calling a timeout and letting your team kind of huddle up to figure it out is also a good, uh, a good thing. So I, I, I put it this way. I think he has a long-term plan for this, and some coaches, they're fine with it. Like some coaches historically have been like, my team will figure it out. Bill Jackson was like that. Obviously, you had Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, and they were a really good team. So I think Joe kind of tends towards tends to lean towards that. But we'll see. I mean, remember, this is his first year, and and he'll he'll probably try to find his idea uh, about how he wants to handle that. Scout, what's going on with Rob Williams? Because before that Warriors game, there were a lot of reports that we saw from the West Coast. Oh. He's day-to-day, and everybody was kind of like, nudge, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He's day-to-day. He might come back on this trip. When are we going to actually see him? Is this going to be some, like, Christmas miracle that we see him out there, or is it going to be even later than that? Uh, so I don't know when you'll see him because I think that, I think that, that wink, wink, and chuckle, chuckle that you saw, I think that that was uh, – he was going to come back. So uh, I'm going to use – Against the Warriors? Uh, well, it could have been the Warriors, could have been the Clippers, could have been on this trip. But, you know, like any time when it comes to injuries, you know, you never know how a, a, like a player is going to respond when they keep ramping up more activity. So 
like the more activity he has, and then he wakes up and he's, man, I'm a little bit sore. And then you got to dial it back. And that's the, that's the funny thing about injury. Like no one knows how a body's going to respond, but um, I, I know that everyone's in, anticipating him to come back. And right now it, it would be a great jolt to the team. They kind of, I think they kind of need like a little bit of a jolt. Mm-hmm. It's weird. They came off a four and two West coast trip against really good teams. They weren't all West, but you know, they started in Brooklyn yeah. and Toronto and it's like, I think everyone's feeling like, what's going on with the Celtics? What's going on with their offense? What's going on with their defense? So we'll see. I, sometimes in a long regular season, you know, getting a guy back like that caliber of Rob, that could give you like a nice little jolt. Plus, everyone kind of settles into their role a little bit better when he comes back. Right, we're talking to Brian Scalabrini and Scal. Obviously, they got the best record in the NBA. So I don't think anybody's overreacting over one game, right? I just with Tatum talking about that Golden State game saying, you know, Marty meant more to you guys. That comment, it was I was surprised by that because it looked like it meant a lot to Golden State. Like, I thought that's like a measuring stick game. So, I don't know, when you saw that game, were there any concerns with how they went out and played in that game, especially Tatum? Well, well, here's the thing. The concern for me is over the last six games, if you just take away the Phoenix Suns, which, like, that's lacking, which, by the way, the Suns are so overrated. I mean, they were at the time when we are touting this to be a potential finals matchup. They've done nothing but lose five straight games, right? Mm-hmm. So, so up in, like, if you just take that game out, it is concerning for me. Not necessarily the way Tatum played, but the way that people are guarding the Celtics. So the Brooklyn game, we didn't play offense that well. We won because our players are better at the end of the game. Two, the Toronto game was a dogfight, and I gave him a ton of credit for winning that game. But it wasn't a pretty game. And remember, the, the Celtics have had a historic offense, like like almost lapping the field, one of the best, greatest offenses we've seen in NBA history. So – that has significantly dropped down. Not forget NBA history. We're like bottom five in offense in the last six games. So that's my concern with the team. And I know what teams are doing to them. And it's just, I, I wonder how they're going to figure it out. I wonder if they're going to, you know, eventually counter that or have something to counter that. So I, I'm still waiting to see. And, and the Lakers, just I didn't think they were capable of doing it. And they tried to do it to start the fourth quarter. But it had some sustainability, but not when Tatum went to a new level. So I'm a little bit concerned about like the kind of like the cats out of the bag, and people have figured out how to guard the Celtics. So one of the things that kind of just irritated me last night and, and even this morning was one, you know, post game, uh, you know, every single like headline and talking point regarding this game had to do with the Lakers. What does this say about the Lakers? What are the, what do the Lakers have to do? And even though like it's the Celtics that were the ones that came back and had the, you know, the unbelievable, you know, comeback and win this game in overtime. I just feel like, you know, at some point, is that just because of LeBron? Is that strictly because of LeBron no. mania? Well, yes and no, right? Because LeBron, I don't know if you knew this, he blew a 17-point lead to Indiana and they lost at the buzzer to Benedict Matherin, like who's a really good rookie, by the way. And now they, they blow a 13-point lead to the Celtics with 421 to go. So, I guarantee you, you can look in LeBron's prime, and he ain't dropping leads like that. So, yes, like what the Celtics did and then them losing the lead was shocking to me. And by the way, if the Lakers would have won that game, the talk would have been the, the Celtics meltdown and this Celtics losing three games in a row. So, you, you know, some of these the talking points are always going to be like who's, who's in the most despair. But the fact that the Lakers should have had that game 13-point lead with 421 to go and with LeBron James in your team, and you, can't get, and you can't close that out on your home court. Now, yes, you are so right. Marcus Smart play when he got to steal, 
Jason Tatum shot, Jalen Brown. I mean, those guys played off the charts to get back and win that game. Yeah. And you were thinking they were going to give them the credit, but it's it's the despair of the Lakers, the fact that they had the Celtics beat and they let it go again. And, they're, and what is going on with their team? Are they going to make a trade? And people are kind of looking at the hourglass and saying, how much time does LeBron have left? So that is why nationally that was the narrative. So, Scal, something that we were, I guess, exalting even a couple weeks ago was the depth of the Celtics team in terms of their offense. Looking at players like Sam Hauser, who's fallen off, Malcolm Brogdon continues to be an awesome ad. Uh, but do you feel like they have enough scoring coming off the bench? And is that something that they might potentially revisit uh, come, you know, like the new year, looking at maybe adding something, another piece? I don't know if they'll make a trade. Um so a lot of, I think a lot of their problems will be solved with having a Rob Williams out there because all of a sudden, like I said, like people – like Blake Griffin has been great yeah. when Al Horford's been out. But you kind of saw like the last – he's played – I think he's played like four games in a row. And it's like, man, it's like that's the – like probably the workload is probably getting to him a little bit. So Rob Williams comes back and Al Horford's workload will go down. Luke Cornett will be you – know, like we'll have – Probably more more legs and play a little bit less. Blake Griffin will you know have less opportunity, but he might play amazing like he has been when he had that. So I think you first have to look at like Rob is such a dynamic player. You got to look at that, and then you, you brought up guys like Sam Hauser and scoring. Right, mm-hmm. his it, it's that that team with Tatum on the floor is amazing. When Tatum is like so, we, it's all bench players, right? It's Tatum and the bench guys. But when Tatum is not on the floor with them, and Tatum Brown has had his moments with that group, but as long as they have one of the two J's, that group is, is great. When they don't, that group falls off significantly. So I know that like we're pointing to like the, the bench guys and what they need to do. Brogdon's been good, and that particular lineup has been good when you have a superstar. So as long as like, like Jalen and Jason are still on the team, like whoever you fill into that role, that they're not going to take possessions away from those guys. And those guys are both really loving that role where it's like, I, I can, it's time for me to shine and make plays. Sometimes when they're on the floor together, all right, it's your turn. It's my turn. But they know like Brown and Tatum, when they have that bench unit, I like the way they play. I like their aggressiveness. I like how they're getting downhill. I think they've taken like a bigger responsibility to not only be a playmaker, but also a scorer. So I don't think that they'll do anything. And I, but in February, after they get Rob Williams back, I think you could probably ask me that question again, maybe like beginning of February, and I'll give you probably an honest assessment if I think that team is good enough offensively. All right, we're talking to Brian Scalabrini. Scal, last one for me. Uh, you know, we always talk about how the East is basically the Celtics and the Bucks, and quite frankly, that might be it in the NBA. But at this trip, and I don't care what the records are, but Golden State, the Clippers, was that sort of eye-opening, thinking, okay, those are two teams that are going to be out there? Well, I'll, I'll never – I'm one of those guys, like, I don't care what my eyes tell me. I'll never count those three out. And it's uh, Steph Clay and Draymond. I just don't. Like, I think they're – Steph Curry's a hard guy to beat. And, like, I was really fortunate to get to coach him one year. And, I, and I, I've, I've been around, you know, like KG, Paul, Ray, Derek Rose, Jason Kidd. I mean, like, a lot of Hall of Fame stars. I was, I was blown away by Steph Curry as a player, as a worker. And this is before he won MVP. So, I would never cross him off the list. And – you know, every year I get a chance to do a, a tour, uh, a training camp tour, and I, I interview Giannis. Giannis is a like that's the way he is, and all that will and stuff like that. He's a hard guy to beat too. So I do. I would never like cross those. I don't care what happens to those two teams. If they have those two guys, they're going to be fine. 
With the Clippers, I was almost ready to quit the Clippers. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got a chance to see Kawhi Leonard back to what he was. Now, I don't think you can quit that team either because Kawhi Leonard plays at his pace. Paul George can do the same thing. Those guys are capable. So because the West is so wide open, like the Clippers are in that conversation regardless of their record and guys missing games and all that stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that I got a chance to see both those teams at, at their best. And, uh, and I, the Clippers are for real. So I, I, would never, I would never quit either one of those two. All right, Scal. Well, enjoy it. Back home now. We got Orlando, what, Friday night? So uh, yeah, enjoy double, it. Double, like a little Friday, Sunday, Orlando, Orlando. Can't wait for that one. Listen, huh? here's the thing. <laughs> Don't tell me that it's a, that's a W. We tried that last year, and I remember a couple of times it didn't go so well. Like you yeah, had locks. That was, you know, you know <laughs> I told you guys W. It was a, it was a <laughs> catastrophic meltdown to the Portland Trailblazers. I know. So, I know. So besides that, I got two W's this week. Mark them down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There he is, Brian Scalabrini. Appreciate it, Scal. Looking forward to talking next Thanks, week. Thanks, Scal. Take right. it easy. Thanks, Scal. All right. Brian Scalabrini. There All right. Goes. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.